0: وَنَشِيدُ عَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَرْسَلَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى بِالْحَقِّ بَشِيرًا وَنَذِيرًا دَاعِيًا إِلَى اللَّهِ بِإِذْنِهِ وَسِرَاجًا مُنِيرًا فَقَالَ فَقَالَ تَعَالَى يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ حَقَّ تُقَاتِهِ وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ وَقَالَ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَقُولُوا قَوْلًا سَدِيدًا يُصْلِحْ لَكُمْ أَعْمَالَكُمْ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ وَمَنْ يُطِعِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ فَقَدْ فَازَ فَوْزًا عَظِيمًا فَقَالَ نَبِيُّنَا مُحَمَّدٌ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَآلِهِ وَسَـلَمَ إِنَّ لصدق الْحَدِيثِ كِتَابَ اللَّهِ وَخَيْرَ الْهَادِي هَادِي مُحَمَّدٍ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّم وَشَرَّ الْأُمُورِ مُهْدَثَاتُهَا وَكُلُّ مُحْدَثَاتٍ بِدْعَةٌ وَكُلُّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٌ وَكُلَّ ظَلَالَةٍ فِي النَّارِ فَقَالَ تعالى فِي مَخَامًا آخَرَ وَمَا قَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ والإنس إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ وَقَالَ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا دُخُلُوا فِي السِّلْمِ كَافَةً وَلَا تَطَبِعُوا خُطْوَاتِ شَيْطَانِ إِنَّهُ لَكُمْ عَدُوٌ مُبِينٌ فَمَعْبَادُوا Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala Jalla Jalaluhu ordered us to enter into Islam fully and completely. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala said in the ayat of Surah Az-Zariyat which I recited before you just now, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala said, "Wa ma khalaqtul jinna wal insa About the reason why he created us, the purpose of our existence. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described it categorically and clearly and said I and I Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu created not did not create the jinn and humans except that they should worship me I did not create them for any other purpose in order that we can live our lives in a state of worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he sent us Islam because if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us an instruction and that instruction is impossible to follow, then it would not make any sense. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not give any instruction which is impossible to follow. So Allah sent us Islam Jalla Jalaluhu and told us to enter into it completely and totally. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the ayat of Surah Al-Baqarah, Ya أَيُّهَا Amanu آمَنُوا fi silmi Kafatan. وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا خُطْوَاتِ الشيطان إنه لكم مبين. Which means, O oh you who believe, enter completely, perfectly, totally into Islam in all aspects of life. And do not follow the footsteps of shaitan. Verily, he is to you a plain and clear enemy. Our brothers and sisters, we seem to live in a time where we have made the deen subservient to ourselves. We seem to believe that simply doing personal acts of worship and that also when it's convenient to do it is sufficient for us. Why then did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala order the believers to enter Islam completely and perfectly? After all, they are believers because they are in Islam because they entered Islam. Then what does it mean to enter Islam completely and perfectly? Let us remember that Islam is the name of a practice. Islam is a practice. Islam is not a philosophy, it's not a theory. It is a practice. It is a complete way of life that touches every aspect of our lives. It is something that we can take the help of and rely on for every decision that we need to make, be it domestic or public or administrative or business or anything else. Islam shows us the way. I remind myself and you that the purpose of life is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as it is his right to be worshipped in the way taught by his messenger Muhammad sallallahu alihi wa alihi wa wa This is the essence of the kalima tayyibah. La ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah. When we bear witness that only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is worthy of worship, we worship Him alone. And when we bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi is His messenger and His last and final messenger, last and final Nabi and Rasul, after whom there is no other, we prove this belief in Muhammad sallallahu by worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in the way that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam taught us to worship. He said, alayhi salam, Sallu kama usalli. He said, pray as you have seen me pray. And that is why the salah is so critically important because it is the physical manifestation of kalima and the demonstration of tawhid. This principle of worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the way taught by his messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa is extended in Islam to every aspect of life. To obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the way Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa did. So how do we eat the way Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa ate? Because this pleases Allah. How do we treat our spouses the way he treated his spouses? Because this pleases Allah. How do I run a business the way he ran a business? So that we... Please Allah. How do I run a country? Because the way he ran a country? Because this pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this also explains to us how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him such a life which was so diverse and so complete and so varied that I doubt whether any other human being on the face of the earth actually performed all of these roles simultaneously. Head of religion, head of state, head of family... A businessman, a individual person who at one stage of his life was at the bottom of the pyramid suffering from oppression and then he rises to the top of the pyramid where he is a ruler commanding an army, how does he behave? Right? Nobody else. And the reason Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave this kind of a life to Rasulullah Wasallam is so that this becomes an example for all kinds of people in all kinds of roles until the end of time. So quite literally there is no Muslim, or no human being for that matter, who can be doing any conceivable thing in his life and say, I don't find the example of how I should behave in the life of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wa The example is there if you are interested in studying and learning it. Now, to understand what went wrong with us and why we are the way we are, first a bit of history. The Industrial Revolution, 1760 to 1840, about 80 years. And of course, this is extended to 1914 and so on and so on. I won't go into all that just now. The Industrial Revolution was much more than moving from handmade to machine-made. The Industrial Revolution changed three critical things. That we don't talk about usually. First one it changed was time of day. The second one it changed was family dynamics. And the method, the third thing was the method and content of education. Three things, time of day, family dynamics, and the method and content of education. These changes are almost never mentioned, but they are far, far more important than the invention of the assembly line. And they literally changed our society and they changed our minds and our thinking and our values and our culture and our customs in ways that I can safely say are irreversible. So what are these changes? Prior to 1760, society was, globally speaking, society was mostly agrarian, agriculture-based. If you want to see what that is in this country, I strongly advise go visit the Amish, the Amish people in Pennsylvania or wherever else they are. I was there about two weeks or three weeks ago. And I was astounded. I was was very interested. I had heard and read about them. I wanted to go see them. I actually went and spent a whole day there. These are people who decided not to change. Now, whether that's good or bad and so on and so forth is for you to decide. And I'm not going to describe that in detail because for proper understanding, you have to go and visit an Amish settlement and see what happens. They welcome visitors, it's tourism income for them, so not to worry. But mm, do this. This is something that is really worth doing. The Industrial Revolution changed the time of day from sunrise to sunset, which is why I mentioned the Amish, that's how they work, that's how they live. It changed the time of day from sunrise to sunset to shift start to knock off time. So your day could begin at 2 a.m. in the night when it is pitch dark. And your night starts at 2 p.m. in the afternoon, which is bright hot sunlight. And they worked 12 hours. They didn't work 8 hours. What did that mean? For one thing, it meant that at least one parent never saw their kids awake. This is also how the latchkey kid was born. A kid with a door latchkey on a tape around his neck, who gets off the school bus, lets himself into an empty house, finds his food in the fridge, and then hands himself over to the television set or the, nowadays, the the smartphone. I read a piece of statistic which said that in America schoolboys watch an average of four pornographic movies every week. It's free. Now what that means let me leave you to figure it out. So as you can see it's not only about time of day but all that comes with it. The second thing that The Industrial Revolution took away was the primacy and value of parents as being their teachers, guides, life skills coaches and breadwinners. These roles inspired respect and gratitude for parents. It ensured that the values of family, community, culture and religion were alive and continuously reinforced. Work was divided between men and women and boys and girls learned different skills from their mothers and aunts and fathers and uncles. This ensured that the bonds of family were strong and everyone, no matter how old or young, had a place and value. Parents were valued as role models. I won't ask you to do this, but it can be... An interesting and probably not a very pleasant experience, if you ask your children who their role models are. I've done it across the world. I travel all over the world, and I address all kinds of audience, audiences. And I've, I this is an exercise I do practically everywhere. I ask people, think of your role model. And then I say, who is that? And then I say, show of hands. For how many of you is it a parent? I have never, ever had more than 5% of the population raising their hand, parent as a role model. For 95% of the people, the parent is not a role model. Next question I ask is, think about, is that role model, whoever you have in your mind, a teacher? And the same, same issue. Parents and teachers, the two roles which have maximum face time with children are not role models. Across the board. Muslim, non-Muslim, black, white, green, striped with blue, pink spots, no matter what. This is the world. Elderly grandparents in the agrarian societies were not shunted off to an old people's home and left there to die alone. They had influence in family decisions. They were the repositories of family and community history and customs and traditions and they were consulted for their wisdom. Serving them was considered an honor, and children were eager to spend time with them and listen to stories which served the dual purpose of entertainment as well as being powerful means of learning very important lessons. To this day, I recall the great happiness and what I learned from my grandparents now over 55 years ago. With the Industrial Revolution, parents went to work. Children no longer knew what exactly their parents did. They almost never entered their parents' workplace. Safety reasons, you name it, all kinds of stuff. They didn't learn life skills or even religion from parents. They were sent off to school where one unrelated adult taught 30, 40 or 50 children together. That happens to this day in our countries. He or she taught a set curriculum and inculcated his or her own values which sometimes were totally alien to the child's culture and tradition. For religious study, children were sent off to an after-school maktab or Sunday school or the local imam came home to teach them how to read Quran by character recognition, shape of the letters, nothing to do with meaning or understanding. Focus was on tajweed, whether the makhraj is correct or not, It doesn't matter whether you don't understand what you are saying. You have to, the Ayn, I must hear the Ayn. And maybe I don't hear the Ayn because something is wrong with my hearing. Who told you that? Whoever is listening to Tajweed, his hearing is perfect. This is our focus. Our focus is the sound we make. I'm not saying Tajweed is not important. I'm saying that if that is our focus, then you are only going to hear the sounds, and what is the difference between that and singing Raag Asavari or Raag Bhairavi. Please, religion was no longer an intrinsic part of their lives, but an extra chore to be done when it couldn't be sidestepped. To use religion as a guide for worldly life became alien and foreign. This is our problem. This is what we have done. To add to this, those who teach religion, I'm talking about Islam, usually come from the poorest strata of society and they have no education other than what they study in the madrasa. And so they have no idea how to link the religion to worldly affairs. I do that because I'm in. I have studied religion in the madrasa, and I'm also in the top one percent of corporate consultants in the world. That didn't happen by magic. You want to know how that happened? Come tonight. Seriously. So this resulted in our current situation, where those who teach religion have no clue how to apply it in the in the in the world and worldly people, they cannot even recite the Surah Al-Fatiha correctly for God's sake. How is this good? Tell me. And very funnily, we inadvertently created a priestly class in a religion where there is no priesthood. Huh? أقول قولي هذا استغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وصحبه وسلم تسليم كثيراً كثيراً to continue with our session here in the post industrial revolution society which is where we are living There was neither time nor place for the elderly and they became a burden and they were sent off to be cared by paid employees values of family loyalty cohesiveness culture manners even family relationships and privilege and responsibility that came with them all went out the window even family face time became a scarce commodity because of the conflict of work and school times and demands of both places homes became de facto hotels where inmates come and go at will. Educators removed God from the equation by promoting atheism in the name of science and stigmatizing what they call blind faith. They didn't acknowledge that true belief is based on knowledge and is not blind at all. The confusion of of often contradictory philosophies supplanted the clarity of revelation and shouted down, those who preferred the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the ideas of men. Most general education became pedantic and theoretical unless one went to a trade school and children graduated with almost no skills and as a result deficient in self-confidence. In an agrarian society, children learn to work with their hands from a very early age and they work with animals and they work with people and they learn skills and they learn the ways of getting together and they want to learn ways of influencing and so on which gives them confidence. Teenagers are given serious responsibilities that impact their families and communities and they earn respect. In the post-industrial revolution, childhood merely gets delayed. We call people in their 20s children. And they are dependent on their parents in multiple ways. With the advent of technology education, children were driven further and further away from God and from traditional religion. The new religion is modernism Which seeks to teach its theories as dogma and fact It is totally materialistic, hedonistic and worships desire To fulfill desire is the ultimate goal of life To which end all effort is directed What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say about this? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said ilaha <laughs> hu hawa." In Surah Al-Furqan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Have you seen them, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Those who have taken their desire as their God. Are you going to intercede for them? Means what? Allah is saying, do not intercede for them. Who? Those who have taken their desire as God. Islam therefore sticks in the cross, sticks in the throat. ...of modernism as it not only presents a model of behavior... ...based on belief in our creator Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu... ...but a model which covers every aspect of life... ...for us to adhere to it and be accountable. To be accountable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after death. Modernism seeks to supplant revelation... ...with science and philosophy and thus placing man on par with God. And often as in the case of Darwinism... Theory is masquerading as fact. Sadly, as I mentioned earlier, the fact that our scholars are not educated in science and philosophy is a major handicap in, ans- in answering the questions that are raised. The result is that our children are confused and conflicted and many leave the deen in all but appearance. Let me leave you with this. I hope you are sufficiently depressed because otherwise nothing will be learned and inshallah more in the next khutbah ربنا اغفر لنا ذنوبنا واكفر لنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين يا حي يا برحمتك إلا ربنا آتينا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار آمين يا رب العالمين يا عباد الله رحمكم الله ان الله يأمر بالعدل والاحسان al ذي القربى وينها عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم وعزوه يستجيب لكم ولذكر الله اكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون اخي ابو